We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Hello and welcome to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. On today's program, we're going to be talking about ways you can expand your business by making more sales to your existing clients. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, what is she talking about? I'm already selling to my clients. I have people coming in all the time buying from me. Well, if you're a grocery store, yes. But a lot of people don't have people coming in all the time making repeat purchases. And if you are one of those lucky few businesses that do get that kind of repeat business, congratulations. Now, here's the thing though. Very often in many businesses, say you're an auto repair shop, in order for somebody to come back and buy from you again, they have to have an accident or they have to have something happened to their car. So what do you do? You start offering oil changes. And what do you do with that? You offer car wash with the oil change. So that way you beat the Valvoline guy down the street. And by the way, Valvoline, if you guys are listening and you want to know how to beat the guy that just beat you, let's talk. But there's ways though that you can increase the number of transactions that people do with you over the course of the year, right? There's so many different ways that you can look at offering additional products, services, even things that you're not actually doing yourself, but that a partner may do uh, for you that you can still sell. If you have an office supply store, think about what you can do to get graphic design services right? What can you do for printing? You may not be the graphic designer. You may not be the printer because you're just selling envelopes and paper and what have you, but you probably know people that are designers and printers and everything else that you can sell these services to customers and increase the number of transactions. So Daniel, Patricia, as we look at increasing the number of transactions that we want to help our listeners with. What are some of the ways that you would make a recommendation to get somebody focused in on that strategy to increase the number of transactions? And by the way, possibly also increase the dollar amount in those transactions too. I mean, one thing I will throw out before I have you guys answer that question. If you're not already accepting credit cards, start because that's gonna be a major piece in being able to increase the dollar transaction because people don't think about money on their credit card as much as they do when they have to take it out of their wallet. So if I'm taking out a paper bill or I'm taking out plastic 
or better yet, just using my phone and tapping my phone on the terminal, I don't have to think about the money. Not the same as when I'm taking out a bill from my wallet because it's Monopoly money until the bill comes due. And by the way, Monopoly folks, I don't mean to be anything negative, right? That's not what we mean here. But Daniel, Patricia, I'm gonna throw that question over to you guys. What are some of the ways that we can help our listeners grow the number of transactions? Well, first I'd start with establishing a baseline. How many times do people come in? You know, how frequently over the, I don't know, course of a week, a month, a year, do they come in? And mm-hmm. I tell you, Valvoline. And how are you trying Pretty much any grocery store is going to know exactly how many, how often people come in. They how should anyway, right? That? Yeah. Well, I know Valvoline does because they track everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have to tag them in this. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, but if you're a grocery store, Jennifer, you may have to chime in on this. If I swipe my card or if I tap my phone or anything like that, um, does that create a customer record in some kind of a, a POS system or a CRM system? So could I track customers that way uh, if they're using electronic purchases? In theory, I can track card data. Mm-hmm. If I was looking at it from that perspective, um, because I would see the last four of the card number that's being used. However, the best option would be implementing a loyalty solution in your business mm-hmm. because you would have a defined knowledge of who the person is. You know, if I'm looking at the credit card, what happens if I go in today and I use a MasterCard and tomorrow I use a Visa and t- the next day I use an Amex, right? Or maybe Discover, right? Or any other card type out there. I'm one customer, but I'm using multiple cards because I'm playing the game. I'm getting points on this card and I'm maximizing my value here. And maybe I have to average out how much is on all of my cards because I can't go over a certain credit line. Um, So there's a lot of issues that may be there. And so if I'm saying, well, let me record each unique card number as a new customer, I'm not gonna be getting that information. But if I say loyalty card ending in one, two, three, four, then I know that is one consumer. Mm-hmm. Except sure. for when you end up getting one assigned to your phone and one on the little key fob, <laughs> which actually happened to me in a national drugstore chain. Um, but putting that aside, I mean, that would be, you know, definitely something that you want to consider is tracking the number of unique people that are coming in and buying from you over and over. But um, you want to also, though, look at ways that you can incentivize. Mm-hmm more transactions, right? Come in five times and you can get the sixth visit free. Right, punch card of some kind, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yep. And another way to incentivize those things, well, it's not really an incentivization, but you know, you run sales on things that are ridiculously low priced. People come in and get that and they also get X, Y, and Z else Mm -hmm. because you never go into certain big 
store that I'm not going to say the name of <laughs> and buy only the things that were on your list. <laughs> you walk into a supermarket for milk and you're walking out with a hundred dollar grocery. Yes. <laughs> Guilty. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, so the, we've got the punch card idea as a way to increase frequency. That was one of the things I was thinking of. Um, once we've established. By the way, baseline, don't use a punch card. Do it in an electronic fashion. Yeah. Because when you're using the punch cards, the tracking is non-existent. Right. You right. cannot track the information. A lot of businesses that have gotten smart pay attention to what you're even buying. Have you ever noticed when you're in the grocery store, you buy two of an item and you get a checkout coupon, buy three of this item next time and save a dollar, uh -huh. right? Always. I mean, it, it's so funny. It's I'll go in, I'll buy something, I'll buy two or three of it, and then I got to get four or five to get a savings at a future visit. Uh, and it's because they know, oh, consumer behavior is going to say buy this, right? You ever see when they put certain things on sale, buy 10 for 10? Do you mm -hmm. realize, unless it says must buy 10, you're getting the same thing for a dollar each? But consumers see buy 10 for 10. Oh, it must be a bargain. So I'm going to put 10 of them into my cart so I can get the deal. But very often, it's the same dollar no matter what you're doing. <laughs> but next time, you're going to get a coupon when you buy 12. Whatever. <laughs> Do I really need 12 of something? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, so there's some psychology there to that uh, by the 10 for 10. I, I fall victim to that. I go grocery shopping with my wife and I look at the yogurts and it says buy 10 for 10. And so I start scooping 10 off of the shelf and she's like, you know, we could only buy five and it's still a <laughs> dollar each. I'm like, what? <laughs> so the psychology of that works. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm an example of that. <laughs> so that'd be another way to increase your, <laughs> your transaction value. It certainly yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I, I like that. I, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, um, one of those points, but uh, that's retail psychology. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, whatever it is, and I love it though, when it's, um, when you reach $60, you can save $5. Congratulations. Or I don't know if you guys have it where you are, but here at least in uh, the New York, New Jersey area, uh, come time for Easter or Thanksgiving, the supermarkets do spend a couple hundred dollars. It used to be 200, now it's $400 and get a free turkey, ham, whatever it is for the holiday. And so you get people who increase their shopping just to get that free turkey, ham, what have you. And you know what people don't realize is how much are you actually able to keep in your house before <laughs> you just don't have room in the cabinets for all this extra stuff. Um, I've definitely fallen prey to that, uh, especially Passover time when I'm buying out the store because God knows you need everything all brand new for the holiday, which is ridiculous, but whatever. Um, but 
I mean, retail psychology definitely works, right? How do you do that? But if I'm looking though at increasing, bringing in more people to buy more, what other ways have you guys found that can really make that difference? Um, bringing in more people? Bringing in to people more, to buy in, more is I'm what I'm saying, not customers. new people. Yeah, current <clears throat> customers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, for current customers, uh, depending on the business that you're in, the industry you're in, uh, making an announcement to your current customer list, by the way, there we go. There's a tip. Uh, keep a customer list. Um, but uh, making an announcement of something new that you have. Do you have a new product? Are you offering a new service? Uh, what's something new that they can come in that they can try out? That'd be another way to get them to come back into the store or to have another transaction with them. And demos, by the way, are really, really good for certain kinds of businesses. You ever mm -hmm. go into some uh, larger big box stores and you see people in the aisles demonstrating the new and greatest kitchen knives? I mean, have you guys, by the way, noticed the knife really hasn't changed since <laughs> it was created? But it's the newest and greatest knife. You know, it cuts through a shoe and then it cuts through a tomato. Right? I mean, by the way, if you just sharpen the knife really well, it'll do the same thing. But nobody thinks that. Because, well, I can just buy a whole new set of knives and I can cut through a shoe. Just in case I'm ever stuck on an island and I don't have anything else, I'll cut my shoe. But... <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, and, and demonstrating like foods, you know, handing out samples in like a grocery store is really effective for driving those sales too. Oh, absolutely. You get to taste it. You're like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Can I have three more? <laughs> oh, my kids do that all the time. Can I get another one? Is it okay if I go and ask for another one? Sure. <laughs> we go after that though, you know, but yeah. But then they insist the way, that you get whatever it was that they were tasting. Absolutely. One other major tip, and for those of you that aren't actually paying attention to retail psychology, if there's anything that is you know, aimed at kids, put it at eye level for the kid. If you really want to get more sales, <laughs> right? I mean, look at the breakfast cereal aisle. And I don't remember if we talked about this on a podcast or not in the past. But look at the breakfast cereal aisle in the supermarket. Everything is based on the kid is sitting in the shopping cart, right? And all shopping carts are the same height. You ever notice that? It mm -hmm. doesn't matter what store. The kid goes in the shopping cart right at this point. And as long as they are between two and four years old, eye level is at this point on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And guess what? All cereal is at <laughs> this point on the show. Expensive sugared stuff. <laughs> All of that. This, growing up, we had the Saturday morning cartoons that we saw the same cereals advertised. Right? Yep. So if you think about those cereals, that's where they are. And there's, again, retail psychology. What are you doing? to get the parents to buy more, right? If you are in an, again, the uh, auto body shop, team up with the yogurt place, 
and you can have the moms come in, get a free yogurt for your kid when you bring your car in for an oil change. See, we just added another reason. Valvoline, we're still calling you out. If you want more help. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a couple of these ideas. So what else would you guys look at though to increase the dollar amount of the sale and increase the number of sales for existing clients without having to go find new ones? So, I mean, take a coach, right? Because we're not doing retail. Whether you're an accountant helping with legal structures, you're a leadership coach, you're a business coach, we can get people to buy from us, but people are not gonna necessarily buy repeat things over and over that aren't on a subscription model. In other words, if somebody's coaching with us for a year, they're paying us monthly. It's not that they're buying from us every month though. So in a higher ticket business, right? It doesn't have to be coaching. I mean, a car dealership would offer oil changes, would offer servicing on the car. That's increasing number of transactions for existing clients. Mm -hmm. But what else though for higher ticket people can you guys offer that can make a business find additional opportunities? Oh, you just twisted that question as you uh, started to throw that out. I was coming up with a great example, of, <laughs> <laughs> like adding on complimentary products or something. I, I'm remembering uh, back when I bought a suit, uh, walked into the store to buy a suit. That was the only reason I walked in. And the salesperson was savvy enough to know, hey, this is a college kid buying his first suit. I bet you don't have a dress shirt. I bet you don't have a tie. I bet you don't have socks. <laughs> and sure enough, I didn't have those things. Uh, so I, I purchased those complimentary products. Uh, but good on that salesperson to realize these are necessary items that go with the suit. And so you need these things. Look, I just happen to have some. So I think every business needs to develop something similar to that. Anytime a customer comes to you to make a purchase, you need to know your customer's needs well enough and have some kind of a, a product offering or a service offering to add on to that. And don't um, so be afraid to ask questions. Exactly. Sure, sure. So um, for higher ticket items, uh, service-based professionals uh, such as ourselves, let me see if I can uh, try to um, put something in perspective there. So if, uh, if someone comes to me and um, says, hey, um, yeah, I'd like to go ahead and be part of leadership coaching. I want to make sure that I'm prepared to uh, move into the director position when that opens up. I want to be the obvious candidate. Uh, those are kind of the people that I work with. Um, so I'll put them into a coaching program. And then anytime that I offer any kind of a class that's not part of coaching, then my current clients get a discount on that class because, hey, you still need this content that we're going to cover in this class. This is part of growing in your uh, leadership development. Um, we were going to cover it somehow in coaching anyway. Let's just go ahead and do it in the class. And I'm going to give you a, a discount on the class. And so it's more transactions and higher 
Well, it's not necessarily higher ticket, but more transactions for those people. Right, right. So, so they get the value, they get the additional class, um, they get the discount on taking the class, and it still uh, results in a little extra revenue for me too. Right. Yeah. 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 I've had people suggest with my um, general contractor program that I'm putting together that I find some important but ancillary service <laughs> so that I have, you know, more continuity, um, specifically meaning that they stay with me longer because they want to keep that particular service. Mm -hmm. Right. It's funny oh. when you look at some of the online services, and for those of you listening, I don't know if you've noticed it or you've gone through it at all, but if you ever buy a service from one of the online marketers and you reach out to them to, can to cancel, it's amazing the stuff that they come back with. Oh, we'll give you this, we'll give you that, we'll give you this and that and by the way, we'll also throw in another couple hundred dollars of value because they don't want to lose you. And they know that you're more likely going to buy again as long as you're in their system if you didn't have to get that canceled or refunded in terms of the program. And that goes back to what Daniel mentioned in a past podcast, buying something that you didn't have access to, right? How many of us have bought that $97 program a month or $49 a month, 47, 25, whatever it is a month. And it's sitting there because it's just not something that we've been able to buy yet. Or forget the monthly subscription, just the thing that we bought one time that we didn't do yet. I know for me, I bought a certification program, actually two certification programs, and I've yet to actually take the class to take the certification test to get certified <laughs> because I'm trying to run my business and life and, you know, things pull me in different ways. But there's all of these opportunities that we look at, though, in terms of trying to come up with, all right, what is it that we can do to increase our ultimate bottom line. One of the best things you can do is getting more business from your existing clients, right? Because you don't have to spend money on acquiring new clients to make them buy from you again. Now, there's those people and the bullies know all about it from growing up where you get turned upside down you get shaken out until all of your pennies even come falling out of your pants. Um, there are businesses like that and certain business people that have the mentality, you have to shake every dime out of a client. And there are those people, me personally uh, included in this one, that would rather, if you only have $10,000 to invest in the business, I would rather you invest 1,000 right now with me and put the other nine into areas in your business to actually improve as opposed to giving me all 10 and not having anything for the business because you're not gonna be able to do anything more after that, right? Congratulations, you gave me 10,000 but you can't do anything now, what did that do? 
so think about that also as you look at what it is that you're offering your clients, right? Daniel was saying before, he's only making the offer to help clients. He's not looking to sh shake anyone down. And Patricia, I know you're like that as well. You won't shake people down just to get more business. Um, but you really want to think about it though. What can you do that is going to have the biggest impact in terms of bringing in more opportunity, more revenue? And by the way, remember, if you have people coming and buying something else, they're more likely going to share it with their friends and family too. And so if I like the, the service, the program, the product, I may tell my friend, you got to go over to this business and buy it too, because it's amazing, right? You ever go to the bakery and you try something brand new and all of a sudden the entire town is having that brand new product? Anyone here the cronut? Right? I mean, that was such a major thing not that long ago because one person went into a bakery and tried it. And before long, many bakeries were doing it just to get you in the door. So the more that you can play around with these things, the more opportunity you're going to have. So in wrapping it up though, Daniel, what final point do you want to make about expanding your business by making more sales to current clients? Final point about making more sales to current clients. Um, do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, gonna say it. <laughs> I think we Jennifer, don't want to take any trademarks. Right, right. Uh, I think Jennifer really just made the, the biggest point a moment ago. Uh, you've already spent the money to acquire these new customers. So having a repeat transaction of any kind, uh, larger transaction, greater frequency of transactions, uh, whatever the case may be with your current clients is a way to reduce your costs in your business um, because we've seen the research, the cost of bringing on a new customer is as much as five times uh, servicing a, a current customer. And so, you know, as long as you are approaching it ethically, you're giving the customer what they need, you're adding on more value uh, by, by selling them additional items or services, um, as long as you're increasing their experience, increasing their value by doing so, then you're really in an ethical situation where you should be offering additional value to your current customers. Great tip, Patricia. Yeah, uh, Jay Abraham says, if you have a product or a service that delivers value, you have a moral obligation to serve as many people as you can. And that includes, I think, finding out what your current clients need besides what you're doing, or besides what you've already sold them, and finding a way to give them that too. Right, going yeah. back to that office supply store, doing the printing and graphic design. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So there you have it. There's so many ways that you can grow your business, so many opportunities that are really out there. And it's just waiting for you to find that solution that is going to make a difference in your business. What is that one product, that one solution that you can offer 
that your clients are going to want to come back to you time and time again to keep buying, even if you're not that repeat normal kind of business like a grocery store. So till next time, this has been It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast and here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day. It's the bottom line.